0: everyone and welcome to weekend rental the podcast where we discuss gaming movies geek culture anything that comes to mind i am ryan today with me we've got uh andy hey and justin hey everyone all right this is episode 13 first episode of 2018 uh we're looking to push the show along try some new things it's a slightly tweaked format those of you who are familiar with it are going to be um uh, Right at home with our first segment, though, and that is, of course, Buy, Rent, Burn. This is the segment of the podcast where we discuss uh, everyone's games. Basically, we each pick a game, bring it to the table, um, and we'll all play them and then give our opinions on which game we would personally buy, rent, or burn. Um, This week, we're going with Game Boy titles, um, and Andy has gone with Quirk for the Game Boy, uh, which... According to the back of the box, the description is everybody's run into Quirks, like when your shoelaces got tied together or socks never matched, and behind it all was the original Quirk himself. I I didn't know he did that. That's amazing. But now, Quirk, the chilled tomato, is in a bit of a stew. Somebody has set up a trap for his main squeeze, Tammy, (laughs) and Quirk's the only trucking tomato... With a chance to rescue her from this puzzling predicament. Wow. I, I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> and Justin has gone with David Crane's The Rescue of Princess Blobette. Uh, description on this one. Blob is back. That's right. The jelly bean loving Blob and his faithful. Earth boy companion, are there are there boys from anywhere else, by the way, <laughs> are back in a brand new adventure. This time out, the duo's exploits take to the royal castle of Blab- Blabonia, I swear they were there last time too, Blob's home planet, as they attempt to free the lovely and imprisoned Princess Blobette from the clutches of the treacherous, anti-agnostic alchemist. Uh, yeah, okay, I'm going to pretend that that's the right word that I just read. <laughs> um <laughs> Join our heroes as they encounter secret rooms, clever traps and dangerous obstacles in the lab in the labyrinthine depths of the castle. But all is not lost. These two share a very special secret with each flavor of jelly bean. The boy feeds the blob blob will magically transform into a different shape. that can help this intrepid pair get past just about anything. The alchemist can conjure up. And uh, it's got a game quote on the back of the box here. Rewarding and fun. Game Players Magazine, boy, good thing I didn't use too many words. Uh, the sensational sequel to A Boy and His Blob, winner of nineteen nineties Parents' Choice Approval. If that's gonna sell, if that that's gonna sell some games, I'm sure that was a big help back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> and my pick is Sneaky Snakes description on this one sneaky snakes is the spine tingling tale of two rip roaring reptiles Attila and I'm gonna I'm gonna just guess this is how they want you to pronounce it gang hiss when Sonia snake is nabbed by the nasty nibbler it's more than they can swallow so Attila and gang hiss must slither about to snatch Sonia from the nest of the nasty nibbler Did, I swear that's just a repeat of the first paragraph pretty much. <laughs> Uh, but but first they must survive sixteen serpentine levels, each swarming with enemies so slippery and sly, it'll make your skin shed. All right, uh, to scale from one nibblicious landscape to the next.
1: <laughs> Adding that one to my vocabulary. Yeah.
0: <laughs> to consume those ever tasty nibblies and head for the scale before time runs out. So don't so just don't sit there hissing get nibbling snake. <laughs> that must be' a, <laughs> this is the worst box. Okay. so those are the descriptions of these fantastic <laughs> gameplay <Boy laughs> games. Uh, How about just an overview from each of us, Um, maybe get into the games a little bit more. We'll go back up to the top. Um, Andy, you can tell us a little bit more about Quirk. (laughs)
1: Yeah, well, Quirk is a, he looks like, I mean, obviously it's a tomato, but to me, he looks like uh, the older brother of Cool Spot, who wasn't like paid attention to enough or something like that. So he had like a punk phase.
0: Yeah, he's like the hardcore punk version of Cool Spot. That's a good, that's a good reference. Yeah.
1: He's got like a green mohawk and he's just a kind of a badass. Um, so when you see that box art, you wouldn't think it's just kind of a box pushing puzzle game, <laughs> which it is. Um, but overall, I like it. Uh, it's that genre was done to death on that uh, system, but I think this was like one of the originals. And it plays pretty well and it, it mixes it up enough. You know, it, it has enough different mechanics in it where it's not just, okay, you got to move boxes around and figure out that it's, you know, moving other things around, dropping it in the floor, making platforms. It, uh, does a lot with a, a little, um, but that said it, <laughs> it, I didn't, I didn't play it too long just because, uh, it, it just wears out. It's welcome a little bit. What about you guys?
0: I'm still just confused that he's a tomato. Like, did that? I don't... They didn't, they obviously didn't design the game in mind with him being a tomato, so they must have done that for box art purposes or something. Yeah. Because he doesn't not, look like a tomato. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's weird. It was Go terrible ahead. drawing.
2: So they just decided it was a tomato instead?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that
0: circle isn't good enough. Well, let's just call it a tomato. Okay. Yeah, that could work. <laughs>
1: The funny thing is there's a sequel to this game for the Game Boy called like The Amazing Tater or something like that which is about a potato. Same type of game style and it's like, it's like super
0: rare, right? Yeah, it's
1: like the most expensive Game Boy game.
0: <laughs> so they like their veggies at listed.
1: Yep. Which it's probably something you to point out that it was an Atlas made game but it was actually published by Acclaim here. So <laughs> You go from a, like the highest brand name in gaming to uh, one of the lowest for the publisher.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's quite the spectrum, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting game. I, I kind of like you, I I didn't get too far into it. I mean, the one thing that I kept thinking, though, as I was playing it is those the scale of everything is so small. Um, obviously, you know, on a Game Boy back with those screens back in the day. You know, if you think of the original Game boy when this would have come out, like this would have been kind of a difficult game to really see like all the the pieces and components on some of these maps as you get further along and they get a little more busy as far as like blocks and traps and I don't know yeah, I could see that it seemed like they could have scaled it up a little bit more It's not like you would have necessarily had to see the full the full puzzle because it's sing- everything's a single screen puzzle. But then they also have like a huge area dedicated to your starting area and then the exit area. And it eats up a lot of this real estate where I feel like they could have maybe scaled that back and made it a little more manageable. I mean, that, that was just like the first thing I, I thought of as I was playing it.
1: Yeah.
2: I see what you're saying there, but the a like, couple of levels in there where you have to plan your later on move, like what you're going to do with the floor and whatnot. Yeah, you have to see it all. Yeah, yeah. so you have to see the whole screen. but right. I don't know how they could have done that differently because
0: I think even if they would have just like made the exit and entry points a little bit shrunken down, and then you could have still had everything on screen. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy.
1: Yeah, I could I I mean I definitely see where you're going, especially for the Game Boy. Almost everything on there was blown up to like huge proportions where usually the the main uh, complaint on games is that you can't see enough, you know? So it's funny it's the other way around.
0: Yeah, yeah. It de- I mean, it definitely has some interesting mechanics. You don't usually see puzzle games like this. Uh, I guess the, the closest thing I was thinking of is like is it that Boxy Boy on Sega Genesis or and maybe Turbo Graphics. It's kind of similar, but this is a little more involved than in that. You're not only shifting boxes around in some levels. You're like flipping switches or, yeah, as you pointed out, filling in platforms. So it's it's kind of cool. It's like a more elaborate take on on that type of game and it allows for more interesting combinations of, of puzzles, I think.
1: Yep. Yeah. For some reason, like that box pushing puzzle type genre was just like huge in Japan. They made a ton of them, even a the lot that didn't even come over here, but Oh really? Yeah. I don't know what the deal was with that, but, uh, Quirk is a character though. I don't know if you know this. He was featured in a cartoon. Really? Yes. There was a captain N. Ripoff that featured basically acclaimed video game characters, and it was called the Power Team.
0: And this aired in America.
1: Yep, it was on. Uh, I think it was like a segment of a different show called like Video Video Power, maybe or something like that. Okay, I don't ever remember seeing it, um, but just getting the research here that yeah, so there's like you know Captain N's got Mega Man, Simon Belmont, like all you know all these huge stars in video gaming right this one the power team has like quirk uh some some guy from wizards and warriors um uh i think a basketball player from like arch rivals and like bigfoot the monster truck <laughs> and quirk and,
0: like, <laughs> this cartoon sounds like it might actually be better than this game like i kind of need to find some of this now <laughs> i'm gonna have to see if there, this some of this has got to be on youtube this sounds amazing oh yeah
1: yep yeah.
0: moving along to david crane i guess yeah justin can you tell us a little bit about uh, the rescue of princess Blabet?
2: <laughs> well it's basically the same game as the first one uh, just on a different map i guess or level or levels but um i honestly didn't play this one too long i felt it was too close to the same that's why i didn't give it as much time as I probably should have. Um, But it's a puzzle type game with the jelly beans, figuring out what uh, item to use to get further, I guess, through the level. Um, I don't know. I guess I I just didn't really like the way this one played compared to the other, the first one on NES.
0: I kind of, I would agree with you. It's like pretty virtually almost a carbon copy of the, the gameplay. I kind of liked how the sprites were a little bit bigger. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool. And I really appreciated more so than anything is uh, that opening trap room, essentially, to kind of <laughs> get you acclimated. And yeah. like, I just kept thinking as I was playing this, because I've we've obviously played uh, A Boy and His Blob, but like how many kids got this game and never saw anything beyond that room? I bet there was a good percentage. I mean, it was really like it was ingenious to me and intuitive. But yeah, if you had no idea what that game was about, man, you just got screwed. Like you spent all your allowance money to see this one room with a with a blob, a kid, and some jelly beans, and that's the game.
1: That's why it was a parent's choice because the kids had to turn off the Game
3: Boy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought it. I thought it played really well. I, I kind of. You know, the limited color palette of the NES um, and just the the zoom in on the characters. I, I liked it. it. I agree. I didn't get too far because it is more or less uh, just an extension of that same gameplay style. Um, but I guess I, I didn't even realize that there was this sequel on the Game Boy uh, from the original. So it was kind of neat to see it.
1: I, I played it all the way through. I followed a walkthrough on pretty much three quarters of it. It didn't take too long, but boy, I have to say, like, a lot of it is the limitation of the Game Boy compared to the NES. Like, you can't mix it up as much. Like, everything just seemed like, oh, it's just platforms. There's no like different settings as you go around different areas there. Um, and yeah, it. The one on the NES, you go to the other planet, and it gets really weird really fast, and kind of gets interesting. Where this one is, it's boring. <laughs> one
0: trick. <Bonnie. laughs> like nothing
1: really happens. Like there's no bad guy either, really like spoiler. But at the end of it, you find her in a cage and you just like use, you know, one of the jelly beans to open the cage. She falls out, which by the way, she is not. I don't know how the box art was describing her something like beautiful or something, but it. She got the mispac it it's she has a bow on. It's the same blob as your blob, but she has a big bow on. So I have I have to disagree with their description on how uh how ravaging she is. Um
0: <laughs> So <laughs> it was a bit of a letdown, is what you're saying?
1: Yes, I was expecting this beautiful thing, but it was not.
0: Here <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go in a completely weird direction here, but how do you suppose blobs? have intercourse do you think they have to form the genitals and then they do that or is it like one of them morphs into like a hot dog and then one morphs into like a donut just imagine
2: (laughs) the jelly beans that you gotta feed them
0: yeah Yeah,
2: (laughs) (laughs) okay babe which
1: which beans should we take tonight
0: (laughs) or is it or is it like uh you know the x-men situation with uh Charlize Theron's like character who can just like change into anything. So like you're always, it's like a different girl every night. Sort of. I mean, is that how these blobs get into it? Mm-hmm. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> glad I went what? down that rabbit hole. I mean, I mean we're
1: not going to find out it's a parent's choice, so they're never going to touch
0: true. that subject. It's true. Maybe we should reach out to David Crane and have him bring a, an rated version of this game back.
1: Yeah. Man, that would be a bad idea.
0: all right so let's let's go on to our last game here uh sneaky snakes nibble it yeah let's nibble it oh that nasty nibbler he's up to no good (laughs) um so sneaky snakes if for those of you are familiar on the nes there's a game called snake rattle and roll which is made by rare Uh, this is also a rare game and it's basically that game but on the nes it's like a pseudo 3d isometric platformer uh, the objective is to just eat stuff up on the level, not take damage. If you take and your basically your snake grows as you eat items, um, and then if you take damage, your snake shrinks, and you have to reach a certain weight to open the door at the end of the level based on a scale. Uh, this is a carbon copy of that gameplay, but because it's on the Game Boy, it's just two dimensional. Uh, so you've got this side-scrolling platformer uh, with. The same objective, um, some really, probably some of the slipperiest, no pun intended, um, controls of any platformer I think I've ever played. Uh, It's near impossible to keep these guys from sliding off of everything in certain levels. And um, I I honestly think, while I I wouldn't go so far to say this is a a great game, I think this is a better interpretation of the game um, than the actual snake, rattle and roll on the NES. Um, it's a little bit more playable because it's just a flat 2d, but it's a, I don't know. It's just a weird game. I love the soundtrack by the way. Every, every track in there is just awesome. It's like weird rockabilly, like arcade sounding music. <laughs> what yeah, did you guys I, I think?
1: Have to, <laughs> I have to agree. This is way better than the uh, snake, rattle and roll. Just uh just the fact that it's kind of like a solid 2d thing. Um, I liked uh, a lot of the personality to it too. Like when you go in the water and you kind of like bubble up and you just start bloating up. Like that's (laughs) kind of funny. Um, Just something you don't see that. I don't know. Overall, it, 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 the graphics on it were very good, especially for like 91. I thought it was early 91. I thought that's, it looked pretty good to me. Um, But yeah, it's a game about nibbling balls. So,
0: Yeah, but those those balls don't want to be nibbled. They'll hop every which way to get away from you. You got to work to nibble them balls. I also want to point out that, like, uh, you know, in most games when you run out of time, the game just ends. In this game, when you run out of time, a giant flying axe comes to, like, cut you in half. Uh, It just, like, spawns out of nowhere. And if you're quick enough, you can actually avoid the thing and make it to the end of the level. Uh, but it's kind of unexpected and it turns like, I don't know. It immediately just makes me into like panic mode. I'm sweating and trying to get away from this damn ax. It's, it's weird.
1: (laughs) There were like some things that were like, it seemed like they were supposed to hurt you, but didn't. Like, I thought there was like some spikes that I landed on and you could just go on them. Didn't do anything.
0: Oh, really? Maybe I was wrong. Yeah. Well, if you get the diamond, then you can. If you pick up the diamond, okay. you're invincible, but it doesn't really clearly indicate that because it doesn't flash or... I mean, it slowly flickers, but it's weird.
1: Maybe that's what it was.
0: Yeah, well, there's a
2: level where the spikes are, and it does hurt you because I jumped on them.
0: It's yeah. Hurt bad, so. I know, I don't um, I'd,
2: I'd never played either one of these games. Like, uh, what was the other one you called?
0: Uh, it's Snake Rattle and Roll is the I think, yeah. NES.
2: Yeah, I'd never played that. So when I got into this game, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> uh, I, you know, went through, and then you get into that warp section, and the first one I picked, I ended up warping back. I was like, "Really?" So then I <laughs> went to the end, and then I couldn't get through. I was like, "Well, it looks like a scale. Now what?" <laughs> go back through, and <laughs> finally,
0: I figured out eating stuff. You get grew, but it's an interesting game. Yeah. I like that opening stage too, because it immediately just kind of screws with you. you. You just come up to like a cliff over spikes and you have to do this like huge leap of faith, not knowing what's going to happen. It's an interesting <laughs> opening to a game. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So uh, we've heard the fantastic description on all of these wonderful titles. Um, and we've gotten everyone's kind of thoughts on, on each after we've played them. Why don't we go through? We'll do our our picks. We can start back up off at the top, Andy. If you want to give us your breakdown.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna nibble on those balls and give me uh, <laughs> sneaky
0: snakes for my buy. I'm taking that <laughs> clip out of context and using it <laughs> for everything going forward.
1: <laughs> like you said, the 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 gameplay gets a little it's a little uh, loose, but. Um, And floaty or something but the but the graphics i like quite a bit and the gameplay like taking like what i knew was snake rattle roll and then like you said turning it in 2d it it just kind of simplified it to the point where it was like okay this works better this is what it should have been on the nes i wish they would have made that game on the nes because it would have been Mm -hmm. you know a lot more colorful probably a lot better than this one too but uh that would that one's gonna be my buy um, my rent is going to be cork just because, uh, I mean, look at him. I mean, look at that, t- a tomato with a mohawk. Like that, that, yeah. that can't be a burn. If you, you didn't at least out.
0: rent him, he might cut you. You don't know. You right. Don't want to chance.
1: Right. <laughs> and you're like, you don't know if he's a fruit or a vegetable. He, it, it, it's tough to say like what, what he is. So, you don't... He, he's just a little unexpected that way. Um, but the game itself <laughs> is fine. It, for two, 2018 now, it's a, it's a little played out. But overall, it's not a bad puzzle game, uh, especially for that early on. And then my burn is going to be uh, David Crane's The Rescue of Princess Blah Bat. And I'm kind of disappointed because I, I found the NES one interesting. And this one uh, just didn't take the game boy. I mean, they knew the limitations of the game boy and instead of like working around it, like uh, sneaky snakes does it. They just tried to do the same thing and it, it's just like a gimped version of it. So yeah, not gonna, I'll burn that one.
0: Nice. Nice. How about you, Justin? Yeah, I'm
2: kind of on the same line here, I guess my buy is going to be sneaky snakes. Um, I really enjoyed that game um, for what it is. Uh, like I said, I've never played it or Sneaker Out and roll, um, but once I figured out I guess the object of it and everything, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I I guess my rent is going to be Quirk. Um, those type of games, I don't know, just kind of seem to interest me sometimes just for random pick-up-and-play off and on. Um, and my burn is going to be the rescue of princess Bobette mainly just because I felt like it was the same thing as before. And the first one, just not nearly as fun or well done, I guess. I don't know. It just didn't feel like the game had everything it should have, but right. that's probably cause it's on the game. Boy, so
0: makes sense. Um, yeah, I kind of, I, I liked all of these games um, in their own right. And it's kind of a weird one because I don't think anything here really stands out. So I kind of, when I was thinking about these games because I wasn't sure which way to go, I kind of looked at it and I'm like, and I had to put it in the perspective of the Game Boy in its time and like what type of games I'd want to be playing on it. Um, You know, as far as like pick up and play, replay value and that. And that's kind of where I made my decision. Um, So I'm actually going to buy um, sneaky snakes. Cause you know, as Andy pointed out, it's, it's a game that it tires itself out, um, pretty quickly, but it's a game that you could, I could easily see myself picking up and, you know, putting that hour into it, um, in a go and just being done with it. It'd be, it, it, it's a good game boy game in that, right. And it is fun. Um, and when it does wear itself out, you just turn it off and come back to it later. And then, uh, I, I would run quirk, um, I think just because that type of game, once you understand how the puzzles are working, I mean, really how, how often are you going to go back to that game? I mean, you're going to pick it up every once in a while and play through to see how far you can get. But to me, it, it kind of fits that rental mold. I wouldn't want to turn it on because it's the game boy, not have a battery backup and then just have to start from the beginning every freaking time. Uh, and then I'm, I'm burning uh, the res- rescue of princess blob for the same reasons you guys are. I, I was really impressed with the boy and his blob on the NES and this, while it's similar, it kind of gives you that same vibe vibe. It's just kind of a more lifeless version of a game. I really like, Uh, and I just, you know, for a game boy title, that's, it's a weird pick. You know, I can't see an adventure game like that being something that's really great for like short play periods on a handheld. Um, so it just kind of makes sense. And, uh, once again, David Crane has let us all down.
1: Except parents.
0: (laughs) Right. Parents love David Crane. (laughs) So, yeah, um... That is our byron burn if you if you are familiar with the podcast, you might have noticed that we are going to start uh, making these a little bit more consistent battles, and we're always gonna pick a dedicated console moving forward um the games will of course change, but we'll all pick a game from the same console we went with game boy this time obviously we're gonna change it up episode to episode, but it just makes the uh i think it makes everything just a little bit more comparable um and a little bit more interesting uh for the Byron burn yeah, especially this this
1: uh could you imagine any other sixteen-bit game going up against any of these? Blow them all out of the water, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. There wasn't, there wasn't really anything that just stands. Out. I mean, there's these are all okay games, and they're, and I think that's kind of where they level off. It's just yeah, it's a fine game. Like, Yep. it's a very fine lot of Game Boy games that would I'd rather play any sixteen-bit system any day. All right, so Byron Byrne, out of the way, what have, what have you fellas been up to lately? Anything exciting going on?
1: Well, we took a few weeks off from the podcast, so it's we've had quite a while to play different things, I think. Um, yes. I ended up somehow, I don't know how this happened, but there's a PlayStation VR in my house now. I don't know if I'll admit that I purchased it, but I'm just going to say it's here.
0: Uh now come on now, you were like pretty proud. You you should text Justin <laughs> and I you're like, I just bought the best thing ever. Like twenty exclamation points.
1: <laughs> I don't know if it was twenty, but it was
0: Alright, 10, 10. Sure,
1: sure I'll give you that.
2: <laughs> you had to have somebody else take the picture with you in it.
1: Yeah. Next Proof.
2: Week.
1: I had to hold the newspaper too to prove that it, yeah.
0: <laughs> today's date, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh no, Walmart had it really cheap. They're closing out the old models and it was like came with uh Gran Turismo, which I love Gran Turismo games, even if this one is pretty awful. And I still have not actually played it, but uh that's a new game, so that bundled in like it was at the right price where it's just like, okay, I'll just throw this money away, even if it's complete garbage. But I don't know. So I'm having fun with it.
0: When you say the old bond like I guess I, I had heard there's a revision of the PlayStation VR, but like, what are the differences? Do you know? Is it just uh, a sleeker design? Or
1: yeah, there's uh It comes with built-in headphones. Uh, I think the mic is better. Um, one of the other big things is it doesn't pa- pass a HDR uh, signal through the through the like breakout box. So like, if you have a fancy new TV with you know HDR, like right out of the gate, this thing is not going to work with that. Or at least not pass okay. that that signal to it, um, but I, I'm not too worried about that side of it at least for now.
0: And I suppose that would pose a problem for people like streamers and stuff who want like pass through their potentially like into your recording devices too. I mean, is that another issue or not? It not could be. Affect?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm not even. I'm not even sure the wiring nightmare that you'd have to do to stream a VR game like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. sure.
0: Well, now that you mention that, I think we've had that discussion on the podcast in the past where we figure it's only inevitable before uh, somebody strangulates themselves to death with VR. But I don't know. Did you guys hear the news? I, I can't remember which headset it was, but there's like a recorded death in like the UK of a guy using, I think, I, I want to say PlayStation VR. Might have been the Vive. Uh, really? Apparently he was yeah playing it, tripped and fell through his glass coffee table. Wow. uh, Yeah. Dead. So Andy, just keep it safe. Sure. Yeah. You don't have any coffee tables, do you? No,
1: not glass ones anyway. Um,
0: Okay. Good. I'm worried about you.
1: I'll have to wear like a, uh, some like a helmet. Helmet. Yeah. Um, hmm. there's a lot of safety precautions. I haven't, I'll have to wear safety glasses on the inside of the VR helmet.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, be smart about it. Right. Safety first. Double pants. Double
1: pants. Look like I'm about to head out to the rollerblade rink, and then instead of go right into VR.
0: Speaking of that, I loved that your wife like secretly recorded you playing that thing, sent the video to my wife so that I could see it.
1: Oh yeah, that was great. <laughs> it cry. was,
0: it was fantastic. Because the bottom line is, no matter how cool VR is, everyone looks like a dumbass playing it.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every time you, you you feel so cool when you're in there, but when you actually look at it, you're like look like you're like milking a cow upside down or something like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's pretty cool. So if you haven't um, if you haven't played uh, Gran Turismo, what have you been playing on it? Like anything notable? Or
1: yeah, I went kind of crazy. They had some pretty good sales. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's just kind of garbage Um, and everything's like really short. But the standouts for me so far are uh, job simulator, which is really cool. Um, It uses like the move controller. So it's like pretty much if you see it, you can grab it and throw it around. And like, that's that's the type of things that I like VR, just like screwing around in it. And Res Infinite is probably my favorite game so far. Uh, I love Res to begin with, but the VR mode that they have in there is like a free range kind of like huge area, and wow, it's incredible. Just the the music going along with everything, yeah, I love that. I've played that it, it, again. It's short; it's maybe like a half hour to play through that like new mode, and I probably played it six, seven times now. Um, I'll probably play it many more. <laughs> But there's some pretty bad ones, too. Like, there's, I paid pretty good money for, there's a Final Fantasy fishing game.
0: I saw you online playing that, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I was really excited about that. But holy cow, that, like, the resolution of that uh, headset. And they just, like, didn't do any work to, like, make it look good in there. So, like, they took the full res game and just, like, downsampled it. Oh, it's it looks like a really bad PS1 game.
0: So obviously they're cashing in. They're like, we'll put Final Fantasy on it, and anyone will buy it.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: <clears throat> I didn't realize it was a separate game. I just kind of assumed when you were when I saw you online in that that it was just some sort of weird mode in Final Fantasy 15. But
1: oh yeah, yeah, it. product. Yeah. But so far, there's a lot of cool demos and stuff that you can just download for free. That are that's pretty much what it is. Like VR is like a half hour thing get in and out, play something. That's about it. I did buy Skyrim for it, just because I wanted to see what that would be like. I know I wouldn't probably never do it. And yeah, I was right. Like, (laughs) that is not the type of game that I want to play in VR at all.
0: I could see that. How do you how do you move in that game? Like a game where you're traversing? I mean, can you actually walk with a controller? Or is it like spot movement? Like you look at a place and your character jumps? It is, It does something weird where, like, when you're moving it, like,
1: uh, the the field of vision in the headset kind of, like, narrows. So that must have something to do with, like, your, uh, like, so you don't get nauseated by it. But, Mm. like, when you turn the camera, it does it in, like, it kind of just kind of jumps. It doesn't do, like, a smooth camera turn. So, but that said, even just, like, moving around in that game, I did get a little queasy just because you're, like... (laughs) Turning around and like, you know, there's people there trying to stab you with mm-hmm. stuff. So <laughs> you're constantly moving around. It's not a it's not a sit still type of game, you know.
2: Right. That was one of one of the games when they announced that they were doing that one on VR. Like that one sounds like it'd be really interesting, but I can't imagine many people could play it. Like I know I would be sick immediately. Yeah. It- but just the the movement in that game, like, I don't know how they would do that to make it playable
1: right yeah i i would not recommend it would you recommend the headset for like if you're getting in it into it at 150 dollars? yeah i'd say go for it it's it's fun for that you there's enough free stuff online that are just like perfect throwaway stuff like there's a call of duty like uh spaceship thing that's free to download and you know it's maybe 10 minutes but it's pretty awesome um there's just a whole bunch of that type of stuff on there that's like yeah throw it in, do it quick. Um, but the only reason I got it is because I I am a sucker and I had uh, two PlayStation Move controllers from back when they actually announced those things. So, like, there's not many people that are like that, that have Move controllers already and then would also be interested in buying a VR headset. So, like, I'm a pretty special case in that, in that way where... You know, the entry point was much lower.
0: Right. Well that's that helps. You know, if you were smart enough to pick those up, those move controllers up when they were first out or like dirt cheap, you know, three years ago. Yeah. Definitely saves you some cash on getting into it.
1: Yeah, would it never ever expected them to be, you know, a hot commodity at one point, you know, when they were fire sailing. Right. Be like, Oh, this'll be a really hot product in two or three years from now. But here we are.
0: If the connect comes back, my mind is going to be blown. <laughs> yeah.
1: <clears throat> the downside of all of this is now I'm starting to collect physical copies of PlayStation VR games, and that's not a good thing because it's really dumb when you're collecting these things that are like twenty minutes long.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you are buying all those limited run games and then never playing them too. So yeah, that's true. At least you're using these, even if they're yeah. twenty minutes.
1: Yep. Hmm. Yep.
0: Well, I'll have to watch the bargain bins for you.
1: Yes, please do. They're VR games are a little weird like going forward, I don't know if there's going to be too many that actually have physical copies, but the ones that were out right away, I don't know, the distribution was really weird, so some are already very rare.
0: Yeah, so I didn't um I didn't get anything new or any fun exciting toys, I guess over our our break for the holidays. I kind of took a bit of a A break from gaming all around i mean i did a little bit here and there with my kids but i kind of just let it fall off um i don't even know if i got a game for christmas well my wife got me uh the uh, well she got it for me it hasn't shown up the 8-bit christmas for this year um she ordered it like on the she said she ordered it like december 4th and apparently that whole batch like anything after december 2nd is delayed and they'll notify you when it's manufactured mine still hasn't been built yet um so kind of waiting on that and actually i wish i hadn't seen a leak of this but oh um, man I those saw, are badass yeah it's got an lcd screen where the label would be uh so like it's it's got this awesome like digital display to show which game you're playing like the label is is a miniature screen which I hope somebody takes that and runs with it, like the Everdrive series. Like, how great would that be for uh, something like that, where like you load a ROM and then it also brings up the art on the cartridge? I mean, that's so cool. Like, what a great idea.
1: I mean, Sega did that on the Dreamcast in 1999.
0: Well, I mean, but if you want more of it, like. (laughs) 20 (laughs) pixels across the screen yeah that's true i we're i can't believe i'm not giving sega credit for that you're you're right genius yeah 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 so i've been waiting for that and like this year's cart is um just a recap of the first 10 years which i own the last few but i didn't get in early enough uh so i'm kind of excited and looking forward to that but yeah i didn't do a whole lot other than um uh on, on my personal youtube channel i i I like to do um, a Christmas video every year, something really stupid that I find hilarious. Um, and this year, my kids and I spent a couple of days over the Christmas break uh, putting that together. We we came up with um, our little Christmas story and put a Super Mario Odyssey twist in there. So that was kind of fun. That was my excitement uh, over the hiatus, I guess.
1: Yeah, that was that was a great video. <laughs>
0: it's entertaining. Your kids are
1: destined for stardom, I think, too.
0: Yeah or you know the other thing is like i pull these videos out in like 12 years when they're dating people and just like humiliate the hell out of them which <laughs> yeah, i think yeah. it's, is the more logical route um, yeah. but i'm okay with that at least i got you know the ammo's there it'll serve its purpose my, yep. my son especially from this year's is just going to be traumatized <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, and then i guess you know the only other thing is like andy you and I and uh, Cartridge Fun Nate, um, Cartridge Fun on YouTube and Twitter and all those places. We we just took a trip down to South Dakota um, to Sioux Falls. We hit up that last stop. last stop CD shop it was doing like fifty percent off all video games. So,
1: yeah, that was that was a really good sale, and I'm surprised. Like, I mean, there was a decent amount of people, but it wasn't insane.
0: No, and if you like, really, if you were there and you like, I think especially in the case of like you and I um, like we'll buy games for any system. If it's something interesting, like they have so much inventory that even as picked over as stuff got later on, by the time we got to the second shop, there's still good deals to be had. I and mean, it was kind of, I was expecting it to be wiped um, after we got out of that first store, but no, it was, it was still good. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, was a fun trip. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't think we'd gone out on a game hunting trip like that for a long time. And then, right. What I liked is um, on the way down, we're talking about different games and like, I don't know, like I found myself, I got in this like weird tangent where I'm just like, I don't know, like 30 minutes, like I just went down this weird rabbit hole where I'm just like complaining about the hobby and how impossible it is to collect games and it's not worth game hunting or anything anymore. And then I kind of look back and Nate's looking at me like I'm insane and I'm like, yeah, like to put this into perspective... I've got you two in a car. We're driving three and a half hours to Sioux Falls, and all I'm doing is bitching about all the hobbies. Like, <laughs> <ruined. laughs> like, I've become such a cynical prick. Like, and then, uh, and I loved how Annie and I got talking about, like, you know, I'm like, well, I think I'm done with the Wii. I'm not collecting anymore for the Wii. I'm like, maybe SNK uh, classics for the Wii. So, then, so th- <laughs> this is like a weird story that unfolds throughout the day we get to the first last op cd shop it's busy andy and i are like i ended up over by you at one point over in the wii wii u section where are both going through the wii things and he grabs the snk collection for the wii off the shelf and holds it out to me and here's what i here here's how i thought it went down he says do you have this and i say no and then he throws it in his basket <laughs> and i was like well okay that's Kind of rude. I mean, we kind of talked about it, <laughs> and then, so I'm like, whatever, I forget about it. There's a million things going on, people are everywhere. We get to the next door, and uh, I, I go through the Wii section again, and I find a copy of SNK uh, arcade classics, and I grab it this time. Like, this one's mine, yes. And then, <laughs> as we are going to get into the car, I'm showing Andy what i bought he's like i asked you if you wanted that at the last store i'm like oh you said do you want this i thought you said do you have this and then you just threw it in your basket like a prick (laughs) it's complete misunderstanding where i thought andy had been kind of an asshole and taking this game that he knew i wanted could have been completely avoided it was Uh so stupid i laughed so hard we figured that out i was like oh that makes way more sense now like yeah, a I'm gl- lot more sense.
1: I'm glad we did figure that out. Otherwise that would have been like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that was fun. We got um, some, actually some really good stuff on the way back. Um, those stores also have some awesome vinyl. I'm big into vinyl and I got some great records. So yeah, it was, it was good. And those, those uh, goodwill records. I'm glad you told me to pick up rainbow. That rainbow album I got is Awesome.
1: Yeah, you love really, it
0: really yeah it's really really good
1: see yeah, I'm really I sh- impressed I should have uh I should have grabbed those other ones I put them back at the last second but
0: yeah well like you said though it's like do you really need one more thing I mean no. you already your collection's huge you've already got laser discs I mean you don't want to get into vinyl right <laughs> you'd have to build a, a second story in your house
1: hmm <laughs> that's a plausible uh, excuse to, though right? Final.
0: well that's true maybe yeah <laughs> so yeah that was fun um yeah i mean getting out and going game hunting like that especially you know with a couple other collectors who are into it it's a good time yep just don't do it enough no no that's the thing is like it's it's hard to find the time to get out and do that but <clears throat> you know with a day trip like that it might be something where we have to kick it off more often and just get out there and see what's nearby because i mean really We got some pretty amazing stuff and we weren't too far from home.
2: Right. Yep. I've mainly just been playing the same couple of games, but I did get um a scuff controller for PS four. So it's kinda nice to get that for Christmas. Nice from my mother in law and wife.
1: That's awesome.
0: What have you been playing with it? Uh Fortnite.
2: (laughs) Call of Duty. Um I I did uh Friend of mine actually bought Xbox One and him and I are game sharing. We got so he got PUBG, player owns Battlegrounds. Um so I played a little bit of that. Um overall, it's a pretty fun game too. Um there's you know ongoing issues with the game as far as load-in and server network um rubber banding, I guess, and stuff like that. But um, for the most part, once you get on the ground. And after about the first 30 seconds, then the game is good. It's the initial plane ride in and hitting the ground and waiting for stuff to, to show up. Sure. So I don't know if they're ever going to be able to get that working or how they would. Because that's such a huge map for console. Right. I just I don't know if they will get that successfully going. But it's a pretty fun game, though. Better than I expected it would be on Xbox, to be
1: honest. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's too bad it didn't come out like... not. So I guess I shouldn't use the word polished because it's not like the PC version is super polished. But, you know, as much as they hyped that up and as much as I think Microsoft needed that to be their killer app, it's kind of a bummer that it came out with everybody just being kind of like, yeah, I mean, it's a thing that needs some work. I mean, it's good to hear that they're making progress. Um, but it, it would have been nice if they'd landed firmly you know with that initial rollout I think it right. would have helped Microsoft a lot especially in the holiday season.
2: It's kind of funny though too like um, they had an article from one of the guys that was in on creating the game and how Microsoft is saying it's an exclusive and how everybody's saying exclusive it's only exclusive because PlayStation doesn't allow early access like we talked about before right like the creators, like it's coming to PS4 it's just we can't until it's
1: done. <laughs> oh huh.
0: Yeah. Well, I think they were saying too like it was about it was a resource management thing, right? I mean, he still he still had this team trying to build and finish the PC version, which didn't go to alpha or I mean didn't go to gold until this month and then also trying to manage another port. I think Yeah. You know, you think now that they've got a console version under their belt and they've got the money rolling in to like beef up their staff that I bet that PS4 version drops before the end of 2018.
2: I would assume that we would have a release date within the next, you know, four or five months here and it'll be within this year for sure.
0: Do you think it will matter though? I mean, given the numbers of people playing Fortnite, do you think it can topple Fortnite at this point on PS4? I don't know that it can.
2: No, I, I don't think it will at all, but I think it'll do just fine on right. PS4. Um, The Fortnite kind of jumped in out of nowhere, I guess, really. <laughs> like I didn't even know they were doing a Battle Royale until it came out, really. And that game, it plays probably perfect. <laughs> I don't know. like I have no issues with that game ever, and I could play it all day every day and not yeah. get bored of it. Like,
1: and it's free. That's the big and
2: it's free, like,
0: <laughs> Right, that's the thing. You know, free. anyone can grab it.
2: Plenty of money on the skins and ritual currency and stuff.
1: So, like, Plus it's
2: Epic yeah,
0: Games. I, I hadn't played that in quite a while um, with you guys because like, I didn't want to be the shitty guy bringing down your squad. But then we did play, I guess now that we're talking about it, I did play a couple games with you over uh, the holiday break, and they added that rpg only mode oh, it and it turns yeah yeah so that was that was awesome because it turns out all you have to do to make me good at that game is just fucking give me a rocket launcher uh because for people who can't otherwise shoot and kill people i was like a beast in that game mode for some reason it was unbelievable
2: it's not really just give you a rocket launcher it's give everybody else rocket launchers
0: hey hey now no 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 This is all on me.
1: (laughs) When you said that, Uh, when you said it was only RPG only, I thought you meant role-playing. So here I'm picturing like, oh, you can't play on this map unless you're like role-playing as dogs or something like weird like that.
0: (laughs) That would be an awesome weekend (laughs) mode too, actually.
2: That game mode is probably my favorite one that they've added. They just got done with sneaky silencers. Which they added that silence pistol and the SMGs a while back. Um, okay. So that game mode was all right, but it, it wasn't my favorite. and I, it was probably would be my next one, be, but high explosive was definitely the best one I've played.
0: I hope they get to a point where they like keep some of those alternate modes,, you know, where they get like three or four that are just always available. Yeah. Instead on, on rotation. Cause yeah, I would I would constantly play that high explosive one. It's just like the stupidity of the whole thing is is great.
2: Well that we went on a tear, what was it, like four or five wins in a row? And then, and we went
0: a whole night where we lost the first game and then we won every game through the rest of the night. It was awesome. And then you and uh Tyler perfecting rocket rides and like just rocketing <laughs> each other across map was pretty entertaining. That's pretty uh, good. Yeah.
1: So many uh, Battle Royale games do you think there will be in 2018? That should be like the prediction.
0: Well, Call of Duty will have one. Battlefield will have their version. Yeah. I would imagine we're going to see a couple other indie budget versions of it that aren't going to be quite as good, maybe have less players that are just online store only. I bet there's going to be about eight. I'm gonna guess there's Eight. gonna be one that's gonna try to go for a lot more players too. <laughs> Ten thousand player <laughs> battle royale.
2: <laughs> that, Everyone's never online fill.
0: all the time.
2: The the game app will never fill because yeah. there won't be enough players playing that shitty game. But just to try a different aspect of it. But there'll be tons of
1: them.
0: What is that shitty game that nobody's buying from uh, Cliff Bloods or Cliff Blazinski or whatever?
1: Oh, lawbreakers!
0: Lawbreakers, yeah, like lawbreakers is probably going to do this so that someone actually pays attention to their game. Oh yeah. I I would love to see it. That's the whole thing is uh, I would love to see a take on this where it's more sci fi based and that you have like rocket boosters and stuff just to make it more ridiculous. Um, like, well, I think Andy, I even mentioned it to you. It's like, what if, what if, um, what's that game that's not coming out for the Xbox One? The third one? Crackdown? Yes. If Crackdown 3 had this mode, how awesome would that be? That'd be cool. Like freaking 50-story skyscrapers. Like you can jump off anything. It would be just bonkers. That would be pretty interesting, actually.
2: Like when you were first talking about rocket boosters, I was like, that game sounds awful. (laughs)
3: but But
0: like um, you just you you played it in stupidity you know what i mean it's like you don't do it in a logical way you just make it dumb as hell and i think it would be awesome it might be the only thing that could save that game at this point yeah you don't think the what 10-year hype yeah in the (laughs) ps2 graphics that those most recent like previews have been awful yeah that was was real bad uh, it's gonna be a mess if it comes out yeah i went down a like
1: severe assassin's creed origins hole over the break (laughs) and i did see you on there a lot oh yeah i pretty much uh i finally finished it yesterday just because it was like i need to finish this story and just get out of my life because oh man i get really bad with those type of games when you have a huge map and it's just like icons everywhere and it's it's I one thing I really appreciate with Zelda where it was like, you don't constantly just check the map to see where you're going to go next, you just look around and find something interesting
0: yeah, then you go there
1: Right. whereas this, it's just like okay, I went to this place, open up the map you know, set the marker to the next one and then you're just doing that all for hours and not accomplishing anything in the story or anything, you know, it's just it's bad, but it's a really good game. I mean, probably the best Assassin's Creed I've played since Brotherhood. Maybe I don't know. Black Flag is pretty good too, but
0: yeah, yeah. Everyone keeps talking about how this is kind of a fun experience. You don't even really have to be a, an Assassin's Creed fan to enjoy it,
1: right? Well, it's kind of interesting too because the setting they you know they market it as oh you're in Egypt, 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 but it's it's kind of like later Egypt where like Greece and Rome and all that. And the Romans are like kind of trying to overtake Egypt as well, you know? So it's not just, it's not just like the old style, the, the tombs and the pyramids are considered the old world at that point. So,
0: so that like clip you shared when you got origins, was that actually on your TV screen? When you like scrolled over the map, there was just like a pair of tits Yep, sitting there.
1: Yep. Yeah. How-
0: <laughs> How, how does this happen?
1: <laughs> so, like, different users, like, t- you can take pictures and, like, share it. And then, like, whatever Ubisoft must, like, load in from their network. Like, oh, somebody was took a picture of this over there. And that was, like, yeah, that was the first day I played it. Where it was, like, I'm looking at the map and, like, what is this icon? And it's just, like, it's really weird. This game, like, you know, most of the time when they have nudity in video games, they make a big deal about it. Or, you know, they put it in a spot, like where it's like sensationalized that way it's like in this game just like one out of a thousand people or women walking around just don't have a shirt on there's like they were just i don't know if they grew up in the poor part of whatever town you're in and they just couldn't get the shirt or something but yeah they're just walking around topless (laughs)
0: Are these like, <laughs> are these like National Geographic topless women where they've like been that way their whole lives? So they're like, <laughs>
1: pretty oh, much. I, yeah. the
0: I mean, they're not like, they're not like in a, a premier set of boobs. I'm guessing it's kind of like quasi disturbing or right.
1: Uh, right. Yeah. You feel bad. You, you feel right. bad for them kind of, but
0: you're like, I want to get this lady a bra. Is right. that a mission? In <laughs> <laughs> Let's help those puppies out.
1: Right. It was just so weird because, like, why is that even in there? Like, just take it out. You probably got, you know, you would have got better sales from somebody saying, okay, you know, you, I, I can't see. some parents would be like, oh, fine, sure, violence, whatever. But if it says that on the box, you probably lost sales for no reason at all.
0: Yeah, that's weird. That's a weird choice that I'm surprised they left in there. It's funny though.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe it's like historically accurate. Who knows?
0: Yeah. So, have you guys um, anybody been watching uh, that the toys who made us yet? That new documentary series on Netflix.
1: No, you were talking it up pretty, pretty well yeah. the
0: other day. Yeah, it's really cool. So apparently, there's going to be eight episodes. Um, four dropped right away, and basically, what they do is they take one like childhood classic, like 80s, 70s era toy, and they do a one hour documentary on it, and. Uh, yeah, really interesting, really well done. Um, they get back behind the scenes, like the people that worked in the factories, people that worked, you know, on the TV shows that might have been related to properties, um, just the original creators and the people in the toy company themselves. It's it's really good, and it's not like a dry documentary. They're done very well. A lot of humor, um, just really good. So so right now they've got. Uh, Star Wars, uh, the original Star Wars line, and I guess it goes up in a present uh, Barbie He-Man and G.I. Joe and uh, yeah, just really kind of fascinating and it's a it's a cool nostalgia blast, you know, for us people growing up in like the 80s and 90s when you know, everyone was getting G.I. Joe and He-Man figures and stuff, it's it's really cool Yeah, it's definitely on my watch list
2: i have to check that out too
0: yeah. yeah, it's really cool. I, I, the only one I didn't watch all the way through is the Barbie one because that didn't hold too much of my interest. But yeah, very, very neat. Kind of surprised me. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. How
2: long are they? For
0: uh, they're all. I think they're all about sixty minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they're not too bad. It's 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 kind of just that sweet spot, you know, with a subject like that where that it's, it's just long enough uh, to keep your attention, but not to the point where it just you know, bores you to death. So yeah, some pretty, pretty cool factoids in there. Like the dude from GI Joe, I guess the guy who originally created that opted for, um, you know, one time like cash out buyout versus royalties. So (laughs) settled for like a hundred thousand dollars instead of the estimated, his son estimates like something like 42 million he, their family would have gotten and like you know he's long gone but the son is just looks so defeated when he's telling this story <laughs>
1: <laughs> thanks dan
0: I like i could have had it all yeah but yeah it's pretty cool pretty cool stuff well huh. highly recommend it
1: yeah um somebody i just saw today too that Hyperkin, the makers of like the Retron and other uh, assorted retro accessories are making a Game Boy clone and uh, I don't know it's it's all aluminum aluminum so that part's cool but at the same time like their build quality uh, is not that great and for a Game Boy I feel like you have to be cheap for it to be even worth it and they're still coming in at like a hundred bucks so Oof. yeah
0: yeah, with their build quality and aluminum, I just imagine it's like a tin can sort of scenario where I'm going to grab it and like <laughs> crinkle it in half on accident. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, we made no. these out of recycled Mountain Dew cans. They're fantastic. <laughs> and by recycled, we just literally put the guts in a Mountain Dew can. <laughs> uh. So is it going to play? Is it just going to play a traditional? Because, OK, aren't they also doing that iOS Game Boy thing? I mean, isn't this kind of already interfering with that market?
1: Yeah, I don't know whatever happened to that thing. I don't know if that's still on pace or if that came out. I haven't seen anything.
0: Right? Yeah, I haven't either. Is is um, does that
1: thing look cool? But
0: it did. It was neat. But so is this going to play all Game Boy games then, or just? I believe so. I don't know what color and all that. Oh no. Okay. I think
1: it's. I think it's originals. But I don't know if it does color or not. Um, it's got a nice like backlit screen and all that stuff. So
0: That's a weird choice to me.
1: Right. And and they're like still talking about how they're still developing it. So like and it's coming out this summer, they claim. But I feel like they're just trying to get it out ahead of a possible Nintendo Game Boy Classic this year. Sure. I don't know. I could see that I guess.
2: The iOS one or whatever? That's the smartphone
0: when you were talking about. Yeah. It's yeah, you just like drop your phone into it. Which, yeah, I mean, there was so much talk about that that I just, it's kind of fallen off. I don't know if it ever did release. And if it did, nobody seems to care. I haven't heard anyone talk about it.
2: Yeah, the only thing I see is it being shared every so often on Facebook, but nothing like current is still the same.
1: Yeah.
2: Information about it.
1: Plus, like, I don't know how that would work on an iOS device, considering you have to, like, load the ROMs on there and all that stuff. So.
0: Yeah. yeah. and they lock that crap down. It's pretty. I don't know how many people are gonna to want to jailbreak their iPhone just to play <laughs> for classic a classic device, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Not worth it. <laughs> no, that's interesting. So, I mean, does it look cool? At least like the initial specs. Yeah, it's or like or a
1: silvered brush aluminum. The only weird thing is the picture that I saw. Like it didn't have like the front plate on it. So like. It's almost like they took the pocket mold, maybe, and tried to make it the best they could, but they didn't like finish it. <laughs> I don't know. Huh. I'm getting like that uh, chameleon or Coleco chameleon vibe off of this little bit where they're just like <laughs> bringing it to a show and just
0: cobbled together. To say, like, yeah, we're doing this. Uh, there's just like a Pi Zero in there running it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or a Game Boy Micro, like inside actually running it. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: This is a lie.
1: I did have to laugh though, like that. See, C- they're at CES and they unveiled that. But like today, the power went out there. So, like, the biggest electronic show in the world. And the power went out for like over two hours or something like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised that those guys, well, I guess they have a big enough presence that they can do bigger shows like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I kind of. I'm at the point where I just kind of like lost all faith in Hyperkin, other than making like kind of shitty aftermarket controllers. I don't yeah. know.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the Retron Five is convenient. That's the only thing I'll ever say about that thing when it when it works.
0: I guess maybe Red or Hyper or like, yeah, Hyperkin will surprise us, but I don't know. It, 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 I agree. They're probably trying to like jump on the bandwagon and get ahead of Nintendo. But I also don't, I mean, it's not like there aren't other competitors in this arena. Um, And the other ones will play different model games and then they'll also emulate. So I don't know that just a dedicated reproduction of something that you can already get readily available and cheap makes any sense. I mean, a Game Boy Advance, the standard model is like what, 20 bucks. Yeah. I mean, why, yeah, why exactly. shell out for a premium, you know, OG version of and When I say premium, it's kind of a joke because, <laughs> because I'm sure it's inferior in almost every way. But I guess they're probably gonna do a backlit screen, which would be awesome.
1: Yeah, be interesting to see if, like, if Hyperkin does this and then the Nintendo actually does theirs, like, what the actual demand will be for like Game Boy nostalgia. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I kind of, I kind of hope instead of just bringing out like the Game Boy Classic, that they bring out a Super Game Boy Classic, and then secretly reveal that the cartridge door on your SNES Classic worked this whole time, and you can drop the Super Game Boy Classic into it. <laughs> I think that I think that's what's gonna happen. Insider, you heard it here first, folks. Inside scoop. That'd be pretty good.
2: Looks like they did release that, um, smart boy. Oh, really? The mobile device, but they only have a, It's for Android only.
0: Oh, so boy, that must have done really poorly because I've heard nobody really talk about that online. That's fifty bucks. Interesting.
1: Yeah, huh. yeah. I have not heard anybody talk about that.
0: Kind of surprised
2: <laughs> it was actually released because absolutely nothing about it.
3: In the Steven Spielberg movie, E.T., why is the alien brown? No reason. In Love Story, why did the two characters fall madly in love with each other? No reason. In Oliver Stone's JFK, why is the president suddenly assassinated by some stranger? No reason. In The Excellent Chainsaw Massacre by Toby Hooper, why don't we ever see the characters go to the bathroom or wash their hands like people do in real life? Absolutely no reason. Worse, in The Pianist by Polanski, how come this guy has to hide and live like a bum when he plays the piano so well? Once again, the answer is no reason. I could go on for hours with more examples. The list is endless. You probably never gave it a thought, but all great films, without exception, contain an important element of no reason. And you know why? Because life itself is filled with no reason. Why can't we see the air all around us? No reason. Why are we always thinking? No reason. Why do some people love sausages and other people hate sausages? No fucking reason. Come on, don't waste your time explaining that garbage. Let's go. Just a minute. Let me finish. Ladies, gentlemen, the film you are about to see today is an homage to the no reason. That most powerful element of style.
0: Okay, so we're going to try something a little bit new with the podcast, see if it sticks. Um, We've always kind of been about games, uh, media, movies, um, cartoons, all of that, Um, but it was mixed in sort of an uneven way. So we thought maybe we would add a new segment to the podcast uh, where it's similar-ish to Buy, Rent, Burn, um, but instead instead of it being a competition, we would basically just... Watch uh, individually a movie, maybe a TV show. We'll see where it goes and just kind of share our thoughts on that, um, and and see how it flows with the podcast and see how you guys like it. Um, if you think it's a good idea for the segment, you know, shoot us an email, hit us up on Twitter, let us know. Uh, but basically, uh, we have picked a movie that we all watched uh, for this episode, but we have not named this segment yet. And this this is something that I thought would be fun to do. Um, while we record, just so you guys get to hear the ridiculous process and see what we stick with. Um, do you guys have any brilliant ideas for what we name this movie portion of the podcast? David Crane's Amazing Movie Time. I I kind of <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's pretty awesome. I think that might be like the legit way to go. I, I like that a lot.
1: I don't know. That's kind of like a throwaway who knows how long that
0: that joke is going to stick.
1: There's only so many David Crane's games that we can perpetuate on this <laughs> podcast.
0: But let's just like abbreviate it and we'll just call it like DC AMT and like nobody'll get it <laughs> and then finally someone will ask from like oh you didn't know? It's David Crane's amazing movies. <laughs> well, my idea that I've been just stewing I, I've been I I've really been wanting to run this by you guys but I was thinking we should call it the Man Tanay. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, eh?
1: I like that. Yeah, I mean, it would work. Kind worked. of
0: homoerotic fits the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I don't know if I do. I just thought it was really stupid. <laughs> I actually kind of like your thing better. David Crane's amazing movie. Time. I do prefer the David Cranes. Amazing movie time, to be honest. Can we get a Foot Locker coupon thrown in with David Crane's Amazing Movie Time? Can we get him to just... We
2: could probably get a Foot Locker franchise. Announce it so we can add that to the podcast.
1: With him announcing this this
2: time.
0: Yeah, I like it.
1: We can't let him listen to any of the other podcasts first, though.
2: (laughs) Well, no, this is the first one we've done, right?
1: Yeah. Right. We start on...
2: What, 12 or 13, whatever.
1: Yeah, up until this point, we're completely neutral about David Crane.
0: 100%. We certainly didn't torch his game this episode (laughs) or any other episode or on a recap of our Byron Burns from previous episodes. (laughs) Nothing but positive David Crane references on this show, folks. (laughs) I I think we have to do it. Like, it's so down my life. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> all right so on the inaugural episode of david crane's amazing movie time on weekend rental podcast we all watched the fantastic 2011 rubber um and this is a justin pick i think we should rotate it so like we'll all do a pick right it'll be like a justin pick and andy pick or ryan pick so but anyway this is a justin pick um so a little bit of background and why this segment's kind of fun for andy and i is that Justin watches no movies ever. He's largely missed the greatest pop culture movie icon films of our entire generation because he can't (laughs) stay awake uh, through any movie. However, Rubber, he claims to have watched, I don't know, half a dozen times, and somehow this is your favorite movie?
2: Uh, It's not my favorite movie, but it's one everybody needs to see.
0: and I've seen it eight times. How, what's, what's a little eight? But I do own it. Now. Oh, gosh. Nice. So give us a little rundown. What is this movie about? I don't know. <laughs> it does make you dumber, folks. This is a proven fact. So It's about Robert. Robert is a tire. He has a name? Yeah. yeah. It's Robert. It's Robert. I don't know. Okay. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's Robert Goodyear,
2: but that's beside the <laughs> <one>. Yeah. <laughs> Um, But, yeah, so Robert's a tire, and he goes around. He finds out that he can kill things, blow things up, and goes around killing people. With telekinesis. Yeah, with these people watching, or this person watching. (laughs) And I don't know know why they're watching. (laughs) But, I don't know, it's just something everybody needs to watch,
0: at least once. I think, so I... (laughs) I like dumb stuff and I hated this movie, but the opening five <laughs> minutes of this movie is maybe one of the greatest things in cinema. Uh, where you? The opening of my film? Yeah. There's just like a dude out in the desert holding like 30 pairs of binoculars. He runs off the road and then in the same frame, there's this gravel road with like 12 wood chairs on it. And a cop car rounds the corner, drives like three miles an hour swerving to hit every chair scattered across the road. And then the cop parks in the middle of the road, gets out and gives a monologue about how basically nothing in any cinema or film matters. Like why ZT Brown doesn't matter. And it's just like, what the hell am I watching? I thought this was a movie about a tire who blew things up with its mind. Then you have this bizarre, <laughs> bizarro. It was, I mean, that's where it peaked for me. Like, I'm super glad I've seen this movie just for that, but like, wow, it's just bonkers. You missed the best part of it. He gets out of the trunk and holds a glass of water for no reason. That's right. He does get out of the trunk, doesn't he?
2: Yep. And then he dumps the water. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah. And the rest of the movie is the same. Well, I wouldn't. It gets worse. But... And longer.
0: I like how during it, too, they're like, why are we still doing this? Because that guy didn't die. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, because... So, basically, that all leads up. The intro leads up to this group of spectators who are then using these binoculars. And then I guess they're the audience for the movie, but they're like on set watching this all unfold. Um, So yeah, the tire like comes to life out of the desert dirt and then starts rolling around and blowing things up. It's so weird because it's like this constant cut. It, it it almost feels like to me that they didn't have enough of a movie idea to make a full movie with just the tire and murdering people so then they threw in this like weird alternate audience thing and like nobody in the film is in on it except the guy who gives out the binoculars and then the cop who gives the monologue and those are the only two people who seem to understand that this is a movie not some real life scenario it's just weird (laughs) it's honestly probably
2: one of the dumbest movies i've seen but it is so dumb that it's great, I guess you could say.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll give it that.
2: I mean, yeah. I, I always said before, I wouldn't pay
0: money to watch it. But now that's a lie, thanks to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I, <laughs> I immediately text you because I, I rented this off of iTunes. And I text Justin, I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm more pissed that I spent three ninety nine dollars or that I spent 80 minutes watching this. <laughs>
2: You could have bought it for $7. Yeah,
0: I probably should have. I tried to find it locally. I went to like every Best Buy, Walmart. I went to like the used video stores. And now I can't find a copy. <laughs> I, I have
1: to agree with Justin. Like when, when he first pitched this, like, oh, it's a tire that kills people. I thought, okay, that's an amazing premise. I love it already. <laughs> and <clears throat> honestly, after watching the whole thing, Like the tire is kind of the weakest part. I was the most disappointed in the tire because like when I think of a killer tire, I think of all the crazy ways that they're going to run over you with like knives in them and, you know, like all this crazy stuff, but no, he just rolls up to people like (laughs) concentrates really hard and blows off their head. Like to, you know what? 20 some plus people. And after a while that just got too normal, but that that like side plot where the audience out on that hill watching with binoculars i thought was legitimately awesome like that is a great premise
2: yeah it makes a movie
1: like right
0: <laughs> i feel like you guys watched a totally different movie than i did <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, I've never seen a movie to do that quite like that. I've seen some, you know, where like they show like the audience in the theater or something like that, but like to do it like that and then have that actually be part of the plot where the cop is like that section where he gets shot. Like, I, I still can't explain how that worked
0: Yeah, how where he got shot. Guy, that's the thing that I didn't like because like sure. once he realized that the guy wasn't dead and the movie wasn't over, he should have bled out is how I thought or like. Yeah. I expected him to fall over and be dead, but then he <coughs> didn't somehow. he's kept walking around with yeah. stains. <laughs> What's that? Oh, don't worry about it. It's nothing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I did really enjoy that clip, too, where they're, like, trying to get the tire to blow up the mannequin. And then, like, that Hispanic lady's, like, doing the dirty voice. Like, oh baby, and then it wasn't filthy <laughs> enough, so then the cop just jumps in there and he's saying like all sorts of weird stuff. Like that was that had me laughing pretty that, good.
1: Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> so would you say this is this a comedy? It's it's gotta be a comedy, right?
0: I'd go a dark comedy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean that that guy that had the binoculars and was like feeding the turkey. Uh, he's just like a bad character, though. Like, like why you knew the, the food was poisoned. Why did you eat it? Like, I don't understand that.
0: Yeah, that was really dumb. He killed himself. Yeah. He reminded me of uh, Kip from Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. That's what I kept thinking he was. But yeah, we left out that crucial plot point where they murdered everyone in the oh. audience, including a small boy, through food poisoning for, Except s- for one person, some reason. Yeah, the old guy didn't. It was weird. Yeah, he didn't eat it.
2: Hmm. How about that? I end? don't understand why the guy ate the food even though he knew it. Yeah, I guess that helps make it no it reason confusing.
0: It was, it was the best <laughs> no movie reason. about a homicidal tire that I've ever seen. I, <laughs> I can I can easily say that. I don't know that I need to watch it again. I, I am glad. I guess I experienced it.
2: Yeah, that's typically how I pitch it to uh, it's a movie that everybody needs to see not really more than once. And I used used to be able to say that I've only seen it seven times, but I've seen it eight now. So I'm getting up there.
1: Can't believe, Justin, if you have a trouble staying awake, that you were able to watch this movie. There is some times in this movie that it goes so slow like when he's <laughs> when the tires out in the desert, just like fucking around with shit. Like that, <laughs> yeah. it's like 20 minutes of just a tire going across the desert and there's like nothing happening.
0: Well, that was kind of like I'm falling. Over. One of the most interesting pieces to me though, is like how they sort of explain how this tire, which I guess is more or less born on film, yeah. like learns about the world and discovers its powers. Like it rolls up and hits a rock and it can't go around it. So it's like, cool. I can't, I can't screw with rocks. And then it like comes up to like, plastic bottle and it like tests that and then it rolls over and crushes it but then strangely it comes up to a bunny and is just like i can blow it up and then that that's how it learned i guess it's weird it was it was
1: ever since then
0: yeah it was kind of an interesting concept how they like showed the progression of a tire i guess
2: oh you learned it on the glass bottle wasn't
0: it oh that's right it was a glass bottle because he couldn't roll over the glass bottle and then he yeah. like freaked oh, yeah. out and it blew up that's right yeah I thought. I don't know it was kind of interesting but yeah I agree that stuff went on for way too long
1: <laughs> character yeah. development of an of a inanimate object
0: <laughs> yeah
1: so I mean I, the spoiler of the end of the movie like it kind of sets up a sequel doesn't
0: it I hope I yeah. hope not it does though because there's like a tire army about to descend on the, ho- the hills of Hollywood. Yeah, it's led by a trike. That could be. A- well, it's the tire reincarnated <laughs> as a t- trike. I mean, get it right. <laughs> I I did. Yeah, but technically <laughs> it was it's over because guys- that spectator blew up, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. You're like you're thinking too logically about <laughs> this. <laughs>
0: Uh, Well I think
1: 64% of Google
2: users like this movie
0: That's a lot That seems (laughs) alarmingly high I think I would give Rubber two blobs out of five Is my vote
1: (laughs) Oh boy I will do It's gotta be three blobs for me
2: Yeah I gotta go three blobs as well
1: There you go that's not a, Maybe I should go three and a half since I picked it. I mean, it's tough because it's like this movie. You gotta, you gotta be the right person to get this movie. Like, there's right. a lot of movies, right. a lot of people I know that would I would never show this movie to, and yeah. be like, yeah, I've watched this. I like this movie. Like, that says a lot about me <laughs> to them, and I don't want them to think that.
0: So. This is like one of those movies. that's like so effed up. You know how there's like like stoner humor. Or, like, if you're high, it's, like, super funny. Like, I think if I was high, this would scare the shit out of me. Like, yeah, I'd be I so don't. confused. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be terrified of every tire I saw. Like, I wouldn't know if things were real. Like, am I in a movie? Or people People are looking at me. Am I on film right now? Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you I had would,
1: any type of paranoia, that would be a bad.
0: I would love to show this in, like, a freaking – theater house in like Colorado or something and just watch (laughs) the madness. They
2: just have a tire roll through. Yes. (laughs) After the (laughs) work. (laughs)
0: Yes. Oh, sounds great. We need to make this happen. Uh, well, there you go. David Crane's amazing movie time. Inaugural edition. Let us know what you guys think. (laughs) Because, uh, I mean, the name alone is fantastic. I'm sure everyone's running out to find themselves a copy of Rubber at this point.
2: <laughs> yeah, if, the, if you're going to advertise it to other people, too, you have to explain. You Just tell them the name of the movie, Rubber, and then it's about a tire. So they don't get the wrong idea.
0: Right. That, that's critical. Yes. Yeah. Right. There's probably some movies from another industry called Rubber that they might accidentally stumble upon could get in trouble depending on who you recommend this to (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right I'm just glad I had you guys yeah I mean I'm glad after all these years of you just talking about this movie that I finally watched it
1: I'm happy I saw it I don't think I would ever watch it again but I'm that like you said like that first that first opener is a masterpiece.
0: Absolutely, it could have ended right there, and I'd have like left happy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I think um, I think that's going to wrap episode thirteen. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed like the slightly tweaked, uh, more casual format. Um, we're going to try to keep streamlining the show, I guess, making it better. Um, We'll see where it goes in 2018, but onwards and upwards, I guess. Justin, do you want to take us out? Sure.
2: Uh, So we do have a website. Uh, You can check us out there at www.weekendpodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, You can go ahead and like the page on there. Um, It's going to be Weekend Rental Podcast. Uh, You can communicate back and forth on either Facebook or Twitter. Um, email as well, but Twitter is at Weekend Rental PC. Um, like we mentioned earlier, uh, we do have a YouTube channel. Or I guess we didn't really mention it, did we?
0: Um, no, but we're mentioning it now. That counts. Yeah.
2: So yeah, we do have a YouTube channel. Um, we kind of break up segments. I think that may change, but
0: yeah, we're gonna, we're we'll, going to experiment
2: we'll just, a little just, bit. I guess we'll see what uploads go up there. Uh, you let us know feedback um, either through Twitter, Facebook, email. Um, our email is podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on iTunes and Google Play. And as always, be kind and rewind.